next week. I guess to keep the hair together. You wonder what the stuff is you couldn't see through, you know? You know what I know of it. And they was always, and see, they were, they were, we were our oppressed people, pressed on the job, oppressed in the home, not much money, barely any education. Look, has me. God has thrown us from a long way, from you know.
take you back. You know, that's what I do when I, I get here early. I get time to, it's, this is quality time that I get to spend with the Lord, you know, and in prayer and worship and praise and just, and you know, and usually before we go live on the air, I have something playing in the background or, you know, that I'm just enjoying uh, the Lord, you know, that, that old hymn, hold on to God's unchanging hand, you know, it, it takes you back. It takes you back. I remember as a young person and, you know, some of the things that, uh, that uh, Carlton Pearson was describing in, in this melody of songs, you know, it just, it's just wow. It had meat to it. There wasn't, um, it wasn't flesh on parade. You, you had choirs, people wore robes and, you know, or they'll, they'll dress the same, you know, they weren't trying to look sensuous and sing the gospel at the same time. There's nothing wrong with looking nice, but there are some things that just don't fit. You know, um, do you want us to pay attention to you? Do you want us to pay attention to the, the worship song or the praise song or the song of confession or the victory cry <clears throat> that is being presented? Do you want the anointing to flow that is going to destroy yokes? Because that's the only way bondage is destroyed is through the uh, anointing of God. Or do you want a good sound of music that uh, people are going to enjoy and they, they're not really listening, looking for an anointing you know, to flow? I want, the Bible said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And that's what I'm looking for, is the rivers of living water. I know how to enjoy all types of music. But listen, I want to welcome you to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson saying, God bless you. I hope your day has gone well. You know, our, our praise, Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Thursdays, men focus, our men focus discussion group. And, and it's not just for limited to men, it, it's for everyone. Ladies, you know, the Lord, as we are in the book of Genesis, the Lord said, Adam needed a help me. It's not good for man to be alone. He needed a help me. He needed someone that could help him. And so God made someone that was suitable for him, someone that could help him. And so we invite you ladies to join in at 6 p.m. and help us. On Saturdays at 11.30 p.m., you'll find us on kkla.com. That's a, a stream uh, the, where the... The radio station you also can find on 99.5 FM and listen in uh, to that late night if you just happen to be at work or up. You know, um, you can't sleep uh, for whatever reason. Maybe you're up preparing for service on Sunday or maybe you're doing some homework, you know, but you rested and now you're, you're woke, you know, at this particular hour. Maybe God is just leading you to listen in uh, to what is being said. 
And so that's Saturdays at 11.30 p.m. on KKLA.com or 99.5 on your radio dial if you're in L.A. County area. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. We are bold. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. And some of the stress that some are experiencing is because we're not applying the word of God. I'm not talking about having faith in that God's going to deliver you out of the hand of your enemy. No, I'm not talking about that. The Bible said, know them that labor among you. In other words, if you know how a person is, then you learn how to deal with that individual through the wisdom and knowledge of God. And so you already made observation and God knows how to give you the wisdom. You just have to apply it and not let yourself get all bent out of shape because of what you think should be happening. That's right. So we face opposition and obedience to the word of God. Mighty God, bless your Lord Jesus. He is so good. He's so good. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. And so we're we're in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. And you know, I've just been throughout the days and, and weeks, I've just been singing uh melody of I won't complain because complaining does not do anything for us. It doesn't work wonders. It doesn't change a situation. All it is is a bunch of words that go out and we've put those words in the atmosphere because we're complaining or we now have caused our levels to rise because we're thinking on those complaints instead of focusing on something more positive, something else, a giving God praise. And so, you know, I had to make sure because the word of God is for everybody. And it starts with the leader. It doesn't start with the congregation. It doesn't start with anyone. Else. It starts with the recipient, the one that received it. So the messenger has received and heard the message multiple times. Mm -hmm. So we're in the book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving through uh, from general to the particular. The three areas that we uh, are talking about is the universe, earth, and man. We're touching the creation and a principal person who is the cause of all things, the designing mind of everything. And that is God himself. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. Uh, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Amazon, Apple, uh, to name a few. Um, this 16th day of August, you know, this month is going by pretty fast. We're going to uh, quickly approach it in September. If you're not in fellowship, if you're not uh, attending a service, attending a church, or maybe you were and you stopped. And if you stop fellowship and it, 
the reason better be very dynamic and it is and, and it is because God is moving you um, to a new fellowship uh, for the feeding of your soul. But the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. There is a reason that God has established uh, the yes, the brick and mortar is of God. And so don't don't lose focus of that. Uh, just like the ark made of gopher wood was of God and only eight souls were saved because they were in the ark. We're going to uh, go right into the word of God this evening. I wanted to share a little bit of a song, but you know what? We're, we're going to go into the word of God. And we're going to see what God has to say because uh, what he has to say is more important than anything else. More important than anything I could possibly say. Anything, any other person, no matter what title they might have, who they are, you know, the Bible said man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So therefore, God has what we need. He has what we need. So if you don't mind, let's let's pray. Lord God, we ask that you would bless us to hear and receive your word this afternoon. Lord God, you have what we need. You know the need of every individual that is listening in this moment. You know the need of every individual that is present and those that are on their way. Lord God, you know those that are going to hear this later as they download and as they listen uh, in their spare time or they're driving or whatever that, that they're doing while they're listening, you know the need of that individual. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would send your word as you did in the days of old. You sent your word and it accomplished just what it was supposed to do. Your word has never failed. Lord God, and we thank you. We rely upon your word. We are dependent upon you. Lord God, bless where encouragement is needed. Lord God, you know where healing is needed. Lord God, you know what strength is needed. Lord God, you said in your word, let the weak say I'm strong. So Lord God, we bless and ask that you would uh, cause those to remember to, to speak out and say I'm strong. To encourage, pat themselves on the back as well. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, we're going to be careful to give you praise, to give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in the book of Genesis, the third chapter. I'm going to start at the 14th verse, but, you know, I want to take a thought here, and that is once upon a time. And you, you're familiar with that term, once upon a time. And it is used to indicate that something happened or existed a long time ago. It is often used at the beginning of children's stories, once upon a time. I'm also found out that it's used at the beginning of adult stories, once upon a time. Once upon a time, he began. Once upon a time, there was a man who had everything. Well, not only a man, but a woman, too. Now, all of us have 
and we'll have a once upon a time tale. Keep living. Lord Terry, you're going to have a once upon a time tale. Now, what will yours be? Only you will know. When you give it, you're going to give it with joy. You're going to give it with some sorrow. You're going to give it with some seriousness. You may give it with some laughter. All of us will talk about what happened and when it happened, how it happened, who was there. It may be something that you share with your child. Maybe you'll share it with the team. Maybe you're mentoring someone or you're, you're seeking to encourage someone. So you tell them once upon a time. You might share it with another adult in exchange that while you guys are by the water cooler or sitting down, doing whatever, relaxing, just, just shooting the breeze. You will share the good and the not so good to help someone on their journey, to help encourage someone, to help deter someone from what maybe they are about to do or thinking. Now, if you did not know or forgotten, let me remind you that life is a temporary assignment. Life is a temporary assignment. We have a beginning, we have a middle, which is the journey itself. And we have an exit. And hopefully you are preparing the exit strategy. The Bible tells us in Genesis, this third chapter, beginning at the 14th verse, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Upon the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto, the, and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. In the sweat of thy face, Thou shalt eat the bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken. For thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. 
Now, if you call in Genesis, the, the first chapter, 26 verse there, it, it says, and the Lord and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and, and over all the earth and, and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image in the image of God created he male and female created he them and God blessed them. God bless them. God bless you. And God said unto them. The seventh verse of the second chapter said, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So without God, you're not a living soul. The life is because of what God breathed into the man. The 15th verse of the same chapter, second chapter, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That was his job, to oversee the garden. He was an overseer. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden that thou mayest freely eat. You can eat of that orange tree over there. You can eat of that cherry tree. You can eat of that, um, that apple tree. There, oh look over there, there is some, um, some persimmons, there is some, you know, we don't know exactly what the, the fruit <laughs> names were of that moment. But you can eat of every tree. There, there's some great looking fruit over there. Look at that, man. Check that out. That looks scrumptious. That looks delish. You can eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But but that is a very important word, B-U-T-T, -T, but very important to pay attention to that. Now, someone might be talking to you and, and, and they may say, give someone a compliment and say, you know what, this individual is, is this, that, and the other, but and you need to perk your ears up and pay very close attention because something there's a continuation something has been added there but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shall not the tree of knowledge good and evil you can eat of everything else but the tree of knowledge good and evil thou shall not eat of it don't eat of that don't touch it don't bother it don't stand there and stare at it for in the day that thou that, that's my advice to everyone don't, don't stand there and stare at something because after a while, you're going to become hypnotized, mesmerized. It's, the view of it is going to overwhelm you and your imagination is going to run rampant. You leave it alone. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. If you eat that, you're going to die. Now, I believe Adam knew what death, even though he had not experienced it, never seen it, 
but just the fact that he was threatened with it should have caused him to think twice. Like you and I, the man was established, received instructions, encouraged, all he needed to thrive, and there was a warning. Now, while the servant is relative uh, to the story, the narrative is controlled by the man. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, uh, beginning at the 21st verse, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, by one man, and then say by the serpent, but by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, because he sinned, death also accompanied the action. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nonetheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned for the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that is to come. Now, there was a lot of finger pointing that went on. The woman you, that you gave me, uh, she... And the woman said, the serpent, you know, there was a lot of finger pointing that went on. A lot of excuses, many excuses, but one truth. And that was, I told you not to eat of it or you will die. Excuses, we know, don't make it right. You could try to justify, and there's a lot of people that are trying to justify the wrong. Well, you know, you've heard it, heard statements made where, you know, a little white lie is not going to hurt. So, you know, we're going to tell us to justify the outcome to get what we want. And maybe you've partaken in that. And today you realize that it's better to stick with the truth. Uh, honesty is the best policy. Let's stick with the truth. Let's stick with it. No one can make you lie. No one can make you alter uh, and deviate from the truth. That is a, a decision that you make on your own. And so the best way is to avoid situations that would cause you to have to or cause you to think you have to do that. Just avoid those type of situations and you'll be well. Matter of fact, you'll, you'll do great. There's a blessing upon your obedience because obedience is better than sacrifice. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above all beasts of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, uh, dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. We all know that uh, this to be true. Every action has a reaction. There are consequences to our behavior. That's not limited to bad behavior. There's rewards for good behavior. So watch what you do. Be careful about what you say, because you know once you throw those words out there, you cannot reel it back in. And I don't go for that. And, and I'm sure there are many others that 
that when you when those words, especially those harsh words, are thrown out there and you say, wait a minute, I didn't mean that, it's too late. First off, you spoke what was on your heart. The Bible said it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, it's what comes out. And so if you've ever done that, maybe you swore, or maybe you said something that was just hurtful to someone uh, in, the, in the heat of things, and then you realized in that moment how sharp that was. The Bible said the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. His words, it goes deep. Well, so does ours. The words that we speak can go so deep, so painful. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, uh, those old little rhymes that we grew up saying. Uh, but we know words hurt. They go deep and they hurt a lot more than sticks and stones. There are some people right now that are up in age and they're still trying to digest and trying to work with what was told to them as a child. So words stick around. Sometimes you hear something and it triggers something that triggers a certain emotion and make you feel a certain way until you uh, have overcome that. Words are dangerous. Words do a lot of damage. And so we have to watch what we say. The serpent was more subtle than any other beast of the field. Now the serpent is cursed. Once upon a time, the serpent stood. Now the serpent is on his belly. The serpent talked. There was no law against the serpent talking. But now you don't hear about the serpent talking. The 15th verse says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. Now the serpent has friction. There's friction, hostility that is now against him because of what he did. Now, this is not karma. I hear people sometimes saying, you know, karma is going to get you. And, and, you know, and they talk about karma. Karma is associated or directly related to the teaching of, uh, in, of reincarnation. And the Bible doesn't teach reincarnation. That's philosophy and Hinduism and uh, other stuff that I'm not going to spend time with this evening. Uh, no, karma is not the, of the, uh, the teaching of Christ. That karma is not true. It doesn't exist. Reincarnation is a false belief like purgatory. You're not put into a, uh, a place of uh, a place of punishment while you atone for sins and then you're released and you go on to heaven. Uh, no, that's not that's not real. That's not real. There is no purgatory. All roads do not lead to heaven. That's another false belief. Someone said that hell is not uh, in flame. And so uh, people that go to hell is not on fire. 
Well, that's a false belief because the Bible says that the rich man said, I'm tormented in the flame. The Bible said hell is enlarging itself. It wasn't created for, for man, it was created for the devil and his, and his angels. But if you're not following Christ, if you're not holy, the Bible said be holy. So that is something that we all can be. Be holy for I'm holy. He said, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And you'll find that in Deuteronomy and you'll find that in Hebrews. So there are a lot of false beliefs and a lot of false teachings. Hell is real. The Bible, the, the seed of the woman is a reference to Christ. Christ is the only one that would spoil, that would put an end to sin. That, that was the reason that he came. Now, I will not reference the genealogy of Christ. You can dive into that on your time in the book of Matthews, beginning in the first chapter. The 16th verse says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow, thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. Now, some of our greatest pains that we dealt with is have been self-inflicted. Some of the things that we've dealt with has not been because of the person next to you or the person that you pass by or anything like that. You know, uh, maybe they did inflict some pain, but some of our, our suffering that we had to deal with in life is because of what we did. Uh, because we chose to to follow something else instead of following what God said. The woman had knowledge of what the Lord has said. Once upon a time, my sorrow was minimal. This is her story. And then I listened to what they said. It led to my sorrow being multiplied. Sorrow is now multiplied because of what she did. The woman was unique. She had all the characteristics necessary to help Adam. That did not change even after she had eaten of the fruit. And after she had eaten of the fruit, she did what? She gave it to her husband. We'll deal with that. She gave it to her husband and he took it. He took it. What did change was a level of responsibility and where she would receive certain answers. In other words, her obligation, whereas she should have one to her husband, her husband should have protected her. She could have ran and you know, but now, now she has to face the reality of dealing with responsibility that caters more to her husband where it wouldn't have been that way. Gentlemen, while you slap your chest, inhale and exhale that I'm the man of the house, you need to uh, understand what that means. No need to declare to a woman that of who you are, she already knows. But please make sure that 
uh, that you know what that means. When you say I'm the head of the house, I'm the man, I'm this, make sure you understand exactly what that means. You need to know the responsibilities because it goes beyond the, the fact that you went to work. It goes beyond that. It's mental, it's emotional, and it's physical. You have to touch the mental, you have to capture the emotions, and the rest will follow. You, you don't have to make nobody follow you when you do things a, a right way. Now, if they rebel and they just don't want to follow you, that's not, that's not because you didn't do things the right way. Trust me, understand. But if you are being a brute, that's different. And we've seen how men can be brutal. It doesn't matter what nationality, what ethnicity they are. They can be brutal. Pride, ego tripping, messing things up, not wanting to listen to the one that was created to be a help. Ephesians 5, 25, 27 says, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Your words should be soothing. Your words should be gentle. Christ's words were gentle. He rebuked. He set things in order when it was necessary. That's, but he was compassionate. Where's the compassionate? Words should be uh, restoring her mind and her comfort. That he might Present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. 17th verse. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife. Here's a rebuke here. You, you listen to your wife, man. You didn't listen to me. After uh, all the intimate conversations we've had, you listen to her. Instead of thinking and listening about or taking heed, I mean, we can't say that he didn't listen to what the Lord said. We can't say that he didn't understand. What we can say is that he was disobedient. And he ate of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. And because you did, cursed is the ground for thy sake. And sorrow shall thou eat of all. Uh, shall eat of it. You're going to eat of the ground all the days of your life. Busted. You know, you ever been as a kid, maybe you told your friend, you know, busted or you busted, you know, busted is not something we want to experience. So they hid themselves. So they thought they were hiding. By no means is the Lord saying, uh, uh, don't listen to your wife. Now, don't get that wrong. Uh, she is a help me. So she has an opinion. You did couple with her because she has a mind. I hope you did couple with her because you were physically attracted. That's cool, too. You know, you're emotionally stirred. That's that's all great. And so uh, it, those things are are part of the relationship and the same with her. 
that she coupled with you because she was attracted physically and mentally and emotionally. You know, there is some stimuli there. I, I like what one comedian said now, I was, and, and that is the, the stimuli that exists in a relationship will always supersede a blue pill. All right. She is a help. And so she has an opinion. In some instances, she may have better insight about what is going on than you. You need to listen. A wise man will hear. The Bible, the Proverbs, a wise man will hear. It didn't say that he would hear from another man. A wise man will hear. You know, the, the children of Israel were facing a dilemma. And uh, they wanted to go out and battle. And they told Deborah, they said, if you go before us, if you go with us, then we'll go to the battle. And Deborah told them that that it's going to be said that that the enemy was over, overtaken by a woman. They didn't care. They wanted the victory, but they wanted this wise woman, this prophet of God to go before them and lead them in the battle. And that's how they obtained the victory. Gentlemen, you want to obtain some victories? You're going to have to listen to her. First Peter three and seven. And Peter is married. Peter had a wife. He said, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered, ignoring your wife, not paying attention to what she has to say, not understanding or getting an understanding of you know, and just ignoring, uh, you know, again, beating your chest like you King Kong, really you King Dong. And, you know, and carrying on, you're missing out. You miss out to the extent that your prayers could be hindered. Uh, your prayers are not going no higher than, the, than, than your roof. Your prayers would be hindered because you're not paying attention. You're not living in harmony. And so the Bible expresses that and tells us, according to the knowledge, give honor unto her. The 18th verse says, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. Now, once upon a time, there was no thorns or thistles. There was no sticky or prickly things to poke you. Think about that, man. There wasn't no stress, not like it is or going to be now. Once upon a time, we could eat of all the trees of the garden with the exception of one. Instead of eating from the fruit of those trees, we are subject now to eating the herbs grown from the ground. We used to could walk and pick what we wanted, pull it down, eat it. But now we got to dig it up from the ground. The herbs grown from the ground. And, and in the process, we got to break through some things. We got to fight with some stuff to get it. Those trees differ from the herbs of the field. Revelation 20, 
two, one or two says, and he showed me a, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, and there, and was there a tree of life, which bare 12 manners of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month without fail. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Once upon a time, he would say, I had access to that, but not now. What will your story be? The 19th verse says, and in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou turn unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, unto dust shalt thou return. Once upon a time, Adam could say, I, I had an opportunity to eat of the tree of life. I could have eaten of that tree and lived instead of eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I could have eaten of that other tree. All the trees in the midst of the garden, once upon a time, I had access to all of them, but not now. Adam's situation changed to the extent that God took Adam, took Eve. It's interesting because throughout all the, this time, we read about Adam and the woman. <laughs> and when you get down to the, to the end of the third chapter, he calls her Eve. He calls her, he gives her a name. Hmm. We'll talk about that another time. But listen. All of the trees that was available, and he went after the very thing that God forbade him to, to eat after. Now he only has a story of once upon a time. I lived in a, 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 a garden that was perfectly, uh, a perfect environment to thrive in. Now I've been taken out of the garden and seraphims have been put by the tree of life. If Adam, after eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, after he sinned, if he would have made his way to the tree of life and eaten from it, man would have been in an eternal state of sin. Where would our redemption have come from? The spirit man would have been totally in sin, an eternal state of being. The seraphim, the seraphims was put there, multiple, to protect it. There's no way you can get to it. No way. Uh -uh. And a flaming sword turning every which way there. It was impossible to get to it at this point so that man could not become an eternal state of sin. Once upon a time, that's not ended yet. My question to you is, do you know Jesus in the pardon of your sins? There's a whole new story to be written because the Bible tells us that, that when we're born again, we're baptizing Jesus' name for remission of sin, we, we, we walk in the newness of life. That's what being born again is. Uh, the Lord told Nicodemus, he said, well, he went to him, master, rabbi, you know, 
uh, what can, what should I do? And the Lord told him, said, uh, you must be born again of the water and the spirit. And, and he asked a, a silly question, can a man enter into his mother's womb again? You know, just, just went, just, and the Lord let him know that if you're not born again, you can, you cannot see the kingdom. Of, and not only can you, you won't be able to see it, you won't even be able to enter into it. Once upon a time, we all have that story of once upon a time. We're going to share it with our children. We're going to share it with others. We're going to share it. But you know, the greatest story is going to be that once upon a time, I was on that side. I was on the, I was on the side of the enemy. But now I'm on the Lord's side, and it makes me mighty glad. This is Pastor Carl Henderson saying, "Be blessed, you know, and 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 live your best life. Live your best life unto the Lord. Know that God is uh, has you as your best interest, because the Bible tells us that before." Uh, the foundation of the world, a lamb had already been slain for the remission of sin. God bless you. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I am praying for you. Well, you know it. You know, you